Hello and thank you for listening to the fourth season of the iStart PIA Relay podcast, brought to you by Dementia Researcher. iStart is a professional society and part of the Alzheimer's Association, representing scientists, physicians and other dementia professionals active in researching and understanding the causes and potential treatments of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. In this five-part series, we've asked members of the iStart professional interest areas to take turns at interviewing their colleagues and being interviewed themselves with the interviewee going on to be the next episode's interviewer. We're sure you've listened to these before, so you'll know what to expect. We'll be releasing one of these podcasts each day in the build-up to the Alzheimer's Association International Conference, which this year takes place online and in Amsterdam. So sit back, turn up the volume, and be ready to hear about these individuals' amazing research fields, the work of the peers, and just what you can expect at this year's conference. Thank you for listening. Hello and uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Imre Lengel, an associate professor at Queen's University Belfast in the United Kingdom. And I'm the communication chair of the Eye as a Biomarker for Alzheimer's Disease Professional Interest Area or PIA. Today, I'm delighted to be talking with Dr. Maura Malpatti from Cambridge, also from the UK, just as myself. Hi, Maura. Hi, Imre. Mara, can I start by asking you to tell us uh, which uh, uh, professional interest group uh, are you involved in? Well, first of all, thank you so much uh, for interviewing me. It is great to be here and be interviewed by you. So I'm at the program chair of uh, the Frontotemporal Dementia Related Disorder, PIA. And today I think there will be the opportunity to speak a bit more about uh, this particular PIA. Fantastic. Before we do that, Mara, uh, uh, I would love to hear a little bit about your, your own research. So I am a um, Race Against Dementia and Alzheimer's Research UK Fellow at the University of Cambridge. And, and for my research, uh, I focus on biomarkers in frontotemporal dementia and related disorders. And when we speak about related disorders, we refer very often to conditions like progressive supranuclear palsy and cortical basal syndrome or degeneration. So these conditions are a bit different from Alzheimer's disease. Uh, they tend to, some of them, they tend to appear a bit younger and they impact uh, very different aspects. Uh, memory can be part of the symptoms, but they are mainly involving personality changes, behavioral changes, language difficulties, and also motor uh, symptoms. So in comparison to Alzheimer's disease, uh, we have still very few biomarkers that are uh, useful and very uh, efficient in these conditions. For example, we cannot use much tau pet. There are only new tracers that are seems to be working a bit better, but um, for example, amyloid PET can be used to differentiate uh, these conditions from Alzheimer's disease. But what we really rely on is still MRI and we are an FDG PET. And in Cambridge, we are looking at two uh, aspects in particular, inflammation and synaptic loss, which seems to be uh, present across all the spectrum, independently from the clinical manifestation and the pathology, uh, the pathology underpinning these conditions. And we look at that with PET imaging, positive emission tomography, but also with fluid markers to look how these biomarkers can predict 
clinical outcomes in, this, in people with these conditions. This is, this is very interesting, but I'm wondering uh, what brought you to dementia research? So yeah, that's a very interesting question. So I was a very uh, sciencey uh, kid. Uh, I really loved everything that was nature, like animals, body. And during high school, I really got fascinated about the, how the human body and in particular the brain was working in biology class. And so I started psychology. Um, I studied a bachelor in psychology to study more the interaction between mind and the brain. And during my study in psychology and neuropsychology, I discovered research, scientific research, and in particular dementia. And basically I got very um, fascinated about the brain and when the brain doesn't work well. And uh, it was very devastating seeing all these cases of people with dementia, how they were losing everything that they learned during life, uh, changing personality, uh, losing memory, or losing the capacity of speaking. Um, so during my bachelor, uh, I was very attracted about these aspects. And then I continued my studies with a master's in cognitive neurosciences. And I did my project for the, my master in nuclear medicine because I discovered neuroimaging during uh, bachelor and master's. And I was very fascinated that finally, you could look into the brain in people living with these conditions. So then after that, I moved to Cambridge for my PhD in clinical neurosciences uh, because I really uh, wanted to get deeper in the understanding of what was going wrong in the brain and also to find potential good markers for clinical trials and new treatments for dementia. So yeah, I started from psychology and then I moved more on molecular imaging and now I'm introducing also a bit of biology in my studies with fluid markers, post-mortem studies. That's very interesting to have such a comprehensive uh, understanding of, uh, of, of a particular disease. And Mara, uh, I, I was wondering what is this Race Against Dementia Fellowship? Uh, would you tell us just a little bit about that? So Race Against Dementia is quite unique because it gives good stability over five years of for early career researchers trying new ideas. It's a great support uh, in terms of both uh, you know, stability of salary and the project and uh, really push, um, pushes you to try new things, try, make mistakes, uh, change the direction. And the idea is to install Formula One mindset into research, and in particular in dementia research. The founder is Sir Jackie Stewart, a three-time um, world champion of Formula One, and he really cares and he feels the urgency of finding a cure for dementia, as his wife, Lady Helen, um, has a, a diagnosis of dementia. And so we all feel the urgency, we share this uh, urgency of accelerating dementia research and Race Against Dementia has been absolutely fantastic in doing that and also creating opportunities for early career researchers. So does that mean that you are racing together with uh, Sir Jackie Stewart uh, in his cars? I would wish, I would wish. Uh, I think I cannot stand uh, the chance, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we are racing together against dementia and that is, uh, I think, the most important race uh, also for him at the moment. Um, so it's very good and 
I think uh, like he always says that in his lifetime he really wants to see the solution for dementia. So we are really pushing hard to see that finishing line together. Fantastic. Now, uh, Maura, uh, as with many peers, we have this years in year in review, and uh, I was listening recently your uh, summary of the previous year, which was really fascinating and exciting. Uh, obvious, uh, it seems to me that there is a lot of development going on in frontal temporal dementia. In your view, what is the uh, most exciting uh, area that, that you believe is going to sort of blossom uh, in the near future? Well, for sure, I am a bit biased because my main focus is inflammation. I think inflammation has been overlooked for many years and there has been an explosion in the last few years of potential new targets, new drugs, new biomarkers to measure inflammation and how also inflammation can really accelerate the clinical decline of people with frontotemporal dementia. But I think in general, the most exciting part of this field is that, that a lot of disciplines are getting together to find a solution. So we have biologists interacting with uh, psychologists, with medical doctors, with engineers uh, um, to find the best biomarkers and uh, developing new drugs. So there are a lot of clinical trials ongoing, especially in genetic FTD, uh, in genetic frontotemporal dementia. Um, so I think uh, we are very close to solve maybe genetic frontotemporal dementia and from there probably to learn something to expand in the sporadic cases. Um, so yeah, I think the development of biomarkers and uh, new drugs uh, that we can test with these biomarkers is the most exciting part of the, this particular period of the research field. There are a lot of uh, uh, excitement about the new clinical trials for Alzheimer's disease as well, and, and some of the drugs are now being trialed. In your view, in, for frontotemporal dementia, what is the time scale that you would hope uh, to see some treatment uh, on the market? Uh, it's always tricky. The, uh, it's always difficult to answer a question about time frame, timeline. It's very difficult to say. Uh, the hope is always as soon as possible, especially because some of this condition progresses very quickly so people don't survive very long. So every year that we waste in not finding a cure or a treatment, uh, it is one year less for them out of few years that they have left. Um, there is no specific timeline, but we have a lot of exciting clinical trials ongoing, as I said, in genetic FTD. And we have also a lot of to learn from other diseases. Like, of course, Alzheimer's disease, we cannot apply amyloid uh, drugs, but we can learn from the clinical trials design of Alzheimer's disease. And also in motor neuro disorders, there are a lot of good clinical trials that we can learn from to apply in frontotemporal dementia or other conditions like multiple sclerosis, for example, if we, for example, look at inflammation. So I think it's a very exciting period and I hope very soon we will have good treatments to offer to people with dementia. So, so that's that's very in, uh, interesting, and obviously there is a a, a need for a, a an international uh, collaboration. Uh, so, I presume that something that brought you to this particular uh, professional interest area. 
can you tell us a little bit about the 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 kind of discussions uh, if they are not confidential to to our uh, uh, audience yes absolutely i think collaboration is really key in this kind of uh, in all dementia field but especially in conditions that are le less common than for example Alzheimer's disease like frontotemporal dementia progressive supranuclear palsy cortical basal syndrome we really need to put all forces together across the world there are very big consortium um, out there that are trying to put together forces in genetic FTD, in progressive supranuclear palsy, like for example, genetic FTD is, uh, genetic FTD initiative is an example, which is GEMFI, uh, the name, or all FTD is another example. And um, I, think, uh, I think the FTDPR really cares about this collaborative uh, um, effort and uh, like this collaboration and some of the members so then we can touch a bit more about the members and how this is structured but basically they are leading part of these uh, uh, worldwide uh, um, initiatives and uh, we also collaborate quite closely with uh, the international society for frontotemporal dementia to bring together even more forces so there are a lot of discussions on how we can bring together even more um, possible opportunities to collaborate. Uh, discussion also with other PIAs, like the diversity and disparities PIA. This is very important because in frontotemporal dementia, we really don't know how diver diversity impacts on the clinical outcomes. So we are trying to uh, put together some ideas on projects uh, or potential you know, reviews and uh, discussions on how we can explore diversity in different countries, for example, considering different ethnicities, backgrounds, etc. And also there has been some discussion with uh, um, the PIA for clinical trials, advancement and methods to try to um, come together with new ideas on how we can accelerate the clinical trials in frontotemporal dementia. Okay, so, so uh, this collaboration with the other peers you, you consider as an important part of, of, of the whole uh, yeah, and I think uh, also it's very important because the FTDPI is a platform, right? Is uh, where we can really bring together people from different different fields and different disciplines. So even with webinars or discussions or the member meeting uh, that is uh, twice a year we have member meetings. Um, these are all opportunities to have uh, conversations and discussion and potential new collaborations. And also we really care of uh, highlighting early career researchers and uh, like their work. We have few initiatives about that, like especially uh, later in this year, um, because we really care about also the new generation of uh, dementia researchers. And uh, given that these frontotemporal dementia and related condition PIA is so young and is expanding so fast, we are already over 650 members and um, we are really trying to bring everyone together and uh, highlighting the new generation that maybe we'll find the cure. Well, that sounds, sounds really exciting and it's fantastic to hear that you have uh, uh, such a dynamic group with, uh, I presume, lots of early career uh, scientists joining. Uh, that brings me to, to the question, is that okay that you would tell us a little bit about the structure who else are involved in, in the uh, in the PM? 
Yes, so uh, the PR is uh, composed by this uh, committee. I'm the uh, programs chair, so uh, I'm looking at uh, uh, contents of webinar, etc. Uh, then we have the chair, who is John Royer from UCL in the UK. We have a vice chair, who is Vicky Fernandez Hernandez, uh, who was based in US and she's moving very soon in Sp to Spain. Then we have a communication chair, who is Carmela Tartaglia from Canada, and she's also the communication chair of uh, International Society of Frontotemporal Dementia, so we are collaborating very closely on that. And also we have a postdoc member representative, who is Lucy uh, Chisman-Russell from uh, London as well. So I think in comparison to other peers, uh, our committee is very fluid. We don't uh, assign uh, like you know um, there is a communication chairs of course that has a specific top um, task I have different tasks but we really come together to bring all ideas and uh, um, some of the for example the post postdoc member can uh, create the contents of the webinar as much as the program chair and as a program chair I can uh, suggest things uh, for Twitter or the email as much as the communication uh, chair. So it's very, you know, collaborative and all on the same um, on the same level and floor. That's uh, that's really exciting, and uh, I think you mentioned that you have a very dynamic group. So that means that you probably have lots of ideas. Uh, would you tell us what you are planning to do in the in the coming year uh, within your peer? Yeah, of course, like uh, um, this year, so this committee started the last summer, the end of the summer, so in September. And in this year, we already put together a few things. We hosted, for example, a journal club in October. Uh, it was meeting the authors, so there were two early career researchers, uh, uh, Sid Ramanan from Cambridge and Adit Fredberg from uh, UCSF, who presented two very uh, interesting papers published the year before. And they also moderated the um, chat and discussion with the authors and the audience. It was very interesting to hear. And then we had, uh, in February, a uh, year in review with Jackie Poos um, to basically revise all the FTD uh, and related disorders papers of the previous year. We had also a webinar about FTD basics in April with Carmel Tartaglia, which I suggest everyone to listen and every students out there to look in on the iStart website because it was absolutely outstanding lecture. And then we had also this uh, half day webinar uh, about progressive supranuclear palsy and not just uh, Richardson syndrome with six early career researchers speaking and three uh, more senior moderators and it was excellent. So our promise is to this is just the basis and uh, basically next year we will uh, propose very similar activities like the journal club, educational webinar, uh, probably again something related to PSP and CBS, uh, progressive supranuclear palsy and cortical basal syndrome. Um, but yeah, we have also something coming up very soon uh, that is in the conference at the Association International Conference. Um, so you should stay tuned. And if you have ideas, uh, you are part of the, uh, this PIA and you have ideas, just write to us. We are very welcome. You are very welcome to suggest anything and we are very um, always very happy to implement new ideas. 
So Mora, not all of the uh, the listeners uh, necessarily member of uh, any of these peers. You mentioned that these talks are available. Would you tell just a little bit as an information to others that how to access uh, these recorded presentations? So, yes, on the iStart website, there is a long list of recorded webinars and events. And in general, they are uploaded around after two weeks after the event itself so for example mid april you will have the at the beginning of may available online and you just uh, need to click for example i start pia frontotemporal dementia webinar and you sh you should find it but you can also register for these webinars they are always online like live on Zoom in general, they are free and uh, everyone around the world can sign up and they can just write like a click if they are a member or not at the moment of the of the webinar. So it's very good and it's very good because we can reach all corners of the world because it's online. We are trying always to be very fair with time zones. Sometimes Australia is left out uh, in terms of time zone. Uh, but for that reason, there is the recording and people can always catch up. Great. Now, you were very mysterious about what you are planning for the AIC. Uh, any, any hints that you could give us? So why would people look out specifically for uh, the frontotemporal dementia peer activities? Yeah, absolutely. So we are starting actually before the conference itself in the day that preceded the conference um, that is called the PIA Day and we are participating. If you are around that Saturday is the 15th of July and our session will start at 2.45 p.m. local time. And it is very exciting because for the first time as PIA, we are presenting the publication of the year award. It is the first time that we do that. Uh, I will not tell who won, but uh, basically we will have one of the authors presenting the work and it was voted as best, uh, um, yeah, as best uh, publication of the year related to some of that have been submitted uh, for this award. Um, then we will have also six talks um, from early career researchers, very competitive selection. Uh, we received a lot of submissions and it was very good to see so much nice work out there. And we will have also a brief uh, network, a networking session. This is just before AIC. Um, but during the conference, uh, we will also vote uh, for the first time, we will have uh, a postdoc and student poster award. And so we will have one for the postdoc and one for the students. And uh, this will be announced after the conference, but we will come, if you see Carmela Tartaglia and me going around the posters, it's because we are evaluating posters. Um, there's been a lot of submissions as well. I would remind everyone next year, when you submit the abstract for AIC, you can click uh, I start FTD as a keyword, I believe, uh, to be selected uh, as part of, you know, these kind of awards and uh, also for the uh, first, the pre-conference day. Uh, so yeah, a lot of exciting things and a very early career centric. Uh, um, so yeah. Fantastic. Now, uh, you talk a lot about what you are going to do at AIC, but uh, will you be pres presenting at the conference? 
Yes, so I will present two uh, abstracts actually. One will be a poster and it will be my work in uh, blood markers uh, in frontotemporal dementia and related disorders and how this relates to a pet with a focus on inflammation. And then I will be part also of a, um, FRS, which I believe is a future research session um, about inflammation, so about macroglia activation, astrocytes, uh, there will be four or five talks uh, with very uh, senior, uh, other senior speakers, so it will be very exciting and I believe it's on Monday. Um, I'm very much looking forward to the discussion about inflammation actually. So uh, if you don't mind, it's, it's really a personal question because I'd like to understand a little bit more about your views on the, the inflammation. So we, we know that microglia is very much in the in focus at the moment uh, on on all diseases but it's somewhat more difficult to target a cell uh, so are there particular uh, inflammatory processes molecular processes that you think uh, are very promising Oh, that's an excellent question. There are so many different aspects that we need to consider. We just started from microglia activation, but there is also astrocytes going ongoing. There is the uh, complement uh, um, markers now that they are exploding as well. We are very interested uh, to look at the storm of cytokines and chemokines, for example, and how the periphery interacts with the central inflammation and if it is a bidirectional um, talk. Um, and for this, we really need like different types of biomarkers, like PET that is super powerful and can measure one target uh, with uh, something that is a bit less specific, like blood markers or CSF markers, and, uh, but can measure a lot of targets at the same time. Um, I think it's a very dynamic process, so we need so much information. And also, very recently, we are starting a new network in the UK, which is called uh, Inflammation, is an open network for inflammation research in frontotemporal dementia. We're involving many centers across the UK, and the idea is looking at the immune system in people with frontotemporal dementia and how different background uh, information and factors can influence these and also in some way mediating the clinical outcomes. So I think there is much more uh, research coming in the next few years and exciting stuff. Very excited about uh, uh, your PIA's work in, in, in general, although I, I work on the eye and our PIA is using the eye as a biomarker, but um, I have endeavored into frontotemporal dementia and the, uh, and the connection with the eye. And I think, I think it's going to be very exciting that if if these peers can start talking together to use uh, each other's expertise especially since we are sharing so many similarities like the complement systems role in in eye and and other things so it's 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 a very exciting uh, field and i i must say the whole dementia research is a is a very exciting territory right now and so, also you mentioned <laughs> ai and i completely agree with you because now we are um, basically starting to have very big data in frontotemporal dementia as well. So, of course, AI has a crucial um, role in defining, you know, data-driven staging, data-driven approaches and selection. I was wondering about that because uh, obviously what you were telling uh, so far, there is a lot of uh, 
multimodality uh, in in researching um, the uh, frontotemporal dementia. So, so uh, is there a particular grouping within the, your PIA or anywhere where you would be working with people on this domain? So there are a few people that I know uh, who are working on that. For example, there is a team Ritman in Cambridge uh, working on AI and how these can be applied to progressive supranuclear palsy, for example, like detecting uh, brain changes. In Genfi, there are many people looking at a pre-symptomatic phase of frontotemporal dementia, so trying to identify with some data-driven approach the staging and the progression even before symptoms uh, appear. And also like Jake Vogel, for example, recently uh, published some papers on this uh, um, sustain uh, approach to see how we can uh, stage based on MRI or other markers, uh, frontotemporal dementia progression. So there are, and these are just a few examples, right? Like in the world, there are so many people, clever people, applying AIC and machine learning into these uh, uh, conditions and I think it is very interesting um, of course we never we will never try to replace neurologists out there like be like <laughs> but That's I think it's political speak <laughs> yeah. but I think AI can be very good support no I uh, this is a very interesting topic I often get this question that can we detect Alzheimer's disease or dementia in the eye and and I, I keep telling them that even neurologists have a problem uh, uh, identifying disease when they study the brain, let alone when, they, when, when you are doing something different. So, no, I, I agree with you. Probably uh, we are not there yet, although the challenges with AI has been highlighted recently. So it's a, an interesting domain to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So this was a very, very exciting discussion, Mora. And, and, and before I let you go, uh, I wanted to ask a final question. Uh, if you ask that question, why, you, why someone should sign up to your uh, professional interest area, what would you tell them? Well, I hope that tonight uh, I convinced you how exciting is the field uh, and also the FTD peer group and how we are trying really to push um, on collaborations, new ideas, bringing together people, different disciplines, so and also highlighting early career searchers. So I really hope that everyone out there who has even just an interest so about uh, uh, frontotemporal dementia, not necessarily working on frontotemporal dementia, but wants to learn more with our educational webinars or being part of the discussion with like, you know, the member uh, meetings, uh, biannual member meetings, or even just being part of uh, suggesting what we should focus on. I think you should just sign up and be part of the discussion and the new ideas out there. And if you have also ideas on potential collaborations with different centers, um, or you know that maybe someone is on the F in the FTDPR and they have interesting data that you may look want to look at, we should just get together and have a chat. And if we can facilitate that, that is also part of the aim of this uh, platform. Thank you very much. I, I, I must say uh, the year in review of all these uh, PIAs are actually fantastic. I don't have to read all those papers. <laughs> Someone else digested for me, but but it really gives a, a, a fantastic overview. 
Well, thank you very much, uh, and, uh, and 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 I wish you all the best and enjoy uh, Amsterdam. And uh, uh, I'd like to say uh, to the audience that uh, I'd like to thank uh, Do uh, Dr. Mara Barpetti uh, for her time to join us today, and uh, thank you all for for tuning in. You can find profiles of myself and my brilliant guest and information on how to become involved in the iStar on our website at dementiaresearch.nihr.ac.uk and also at www.oz.org slash iStart. These links, of course, can be found in the uh, notes below. Uh, I was in Rolandia and uh, you've been listening to the Relay podcast from Dementia Research and the Alzheimer's Association. We will be back tomorrow, so hit subscribe on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app to ensure you don't miss an episode. Thank you and thank you, Mara. Thank you so much. Brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk in association with Alzheimer's Research UK, Alzheimer's Society, Race Against Dementia and the Alzheimer's Association, bringing you research, news, career tips and support.